who's your your first option, his first read for J. Trav and Destin Hill was wide open. And I'll take a wide open Destin Hill and open space going against de- defensive backs any day of the week. But, you know, you see him end up going deep and, and taking a shot downfield and it doesn't end up working out. But you see Destin Hill wide open. That's something that I think going back and watching film, Coach Tokars and Mike Norvell are, you know, going to really express, you know, just take the easy shots here and there. Everything doesn't need to be deep. And, I, you know, of course, Jordan Travis would like to take those shots and show that he is a passer and he can get the deep ball, which we know he can. He, he does that pretty well now, and he's built a lot of chemistry with these guys. But, you know, when definitely when you've got Destin Hill, though, man, you, you got to utilize his skill talents when he's in open space. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and Go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoelGameDate.com. You're here live on this wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening. We are recapping Florida State's second win of the season, beginning the season 2-0, beating Southern Miss 66-13 in the home opener for Florida State and Mike Norvell. The week prior to that, Florida State coming away with a win against LSU. So Florida State feeling pretty good, putting a lot of points up on the board right now. But this time they're going to go to a true road away game going to Boston College. So we'll be previewing that later on in the show. We're going to talk about the latest AP poll. Florida State now ranked number three, number three in the country. Gentlemen, I don't think we've ever been able to come on here as a podcast and actually say that together. I really don't think so at all. So. Uh, I'll be interested to talk about the latest AP poll. We'll talk about some college football uh, across the sport. And then we're going to talk Florida State kicking off next weekend against Clemson at noon. We'll give our observations and thoughts on that. And then we'll give our quick game preview between Florida State, Boston College, and then our score predictions at the very end. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, throw in some comments. If you have any questions or topics you guys would like us to discuss, we will most certainly take them. But with me this evening is Austin Vizier, our lead basketball writer at Noel Game Day. And down below is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NG. Gentlemen, how we doing? How we feeling? Fantastic. Florida State is 2-0, and but at the same time, I just cannot escape hurricanes. It doesn't matter if I'm in Florida. It doesn't matter if I'm traveling up to Boston where they don't have hurricanes very often. Just can't escape the uh, natural elements. It isn't even here, and I'm already tired of noon games. We have two straight coming up. I'm not looking forward to it. Got more after that coming, too. Yeah, no. But... <laughs> so yeah, there might be a few more on the way. But for context, everybody listening, Dustin's heading up to Boston's uh, beginning tomorrow. But he's going to be covering the game for us in-house up there. 
Uh, looking forward to being up there in Boston. Might have some cooler weather. Of course, the storm is going to bring some nastiness, but maybe hopefully your first couple of days up there won't be too bad. I was looking forward to it, and then the storm started turning back to the west, and now it's going back to the east. So, I mean, who really knows what's going to happen at this point? Like I told you guys, I went on Boston Reddit and was like, are you, are you guys concerned? And pretty much everyone that responded to my post is like, no, we didn't even know there was a storm coming. So I guess Boston's not very worried, so I'm not worried. Yeah, if the, if the natives up there aren't too worried – it's either they don't know anything and they don't really educate themselves on this kind of stuff like we do as Floridians where we yeah. know at least a week in advance and we're pretty informed or they really don't think it's going to impact them that much. But at least looking at some of the projected uh, system and the system coming in and what uh, the cone looks like, at least from the wide range of it, it's definitely going to impact a little bit of the game. And we'll be interested to see when we get this game preview, how, uh, how Florida state's going to play offensively. And if that impacts them defensively with Adam Fuller's defense, but um, yeah, you're going to have to, uh, hopefully you're able to make it back here to us D Lou, because we've got a big trip the next week going up to South Carolina uh, which is going to be a fun one. We'll talk about that kickoff in just a few minutes. But I wanted to go back real quick and to this Southern Miss game. Don't need to spend too much time on it. But if there was any uh, other thoughts that y'all had about it, uh, Florida State coming away 66-13. to 13. Uh, Jordan Travis going 15 of 29, 175 yards. Uh, we got to see Tate Rodemaker get in there as well. He went three for three for 73. Uh, total yards for Florida State was 554 uh, 26 first downs. Um, just wondered if there's anything that kind of came out in front of you guys after the game. You know, a few things I looked back on was wide receiver blocking and even tight end blocking. Look at Morlock and Jaheim Bell, and it seemed like that progressed and got better. Of course, Hakeem Williams has been a big-time big time star uh, as being an outside blocker on a lot of these runs and also some other plays allowing some yards after catches for some of his teammates. And that's just only going to push him to get more playing time as a, as a wide receiver and a true freshman, but anything left that y'all guys were, have been thinking about after the game on uh, last, literally when we were recapping it Sunday morning at like 1am. I just think coming out of it, you know, it was kind of exactly what Florida State needed in the second game of the season. Coming off that emotional victory against LSU and playing on a short week, they did go out there and do what they were supposed to do and dominating Southern Miss, getting the starters out of the game quickly. And then, I mean, playing, Mike Norvell said it on Monday, 102 players, the most that he's ever played in a game during his uh, career as a head coach. I mean, Pretty much everyone on that sideline that had on a Florida State jersey got into that game for at least a little bit of action. You had 11 different receivers catch a ball. You averaged, I mean, you can see it right there, 8.3 yards a carry on the night and had so many guys contributing in so many different ways. Then we saw it on the defensive side of the ball, too. You know, you didn't have to play your starters a ton of snaps. You're able to see Blake Nicholson and Comrade Hussey, some of those guys get in there and make some flashes. But at the same time, you still saw so many aspects of the game for Florida State that need to get cleaned up moving forward. I mean, the dropped passes, Johnny Wilson, Jaheim Bell, Deuce Span, you know, Keon had one where he was getting hit to the ground. You know, some routine plays there that Florida State didn't make on Saturday night that if they do, I mean, the margin's a little bit wider for the Seminoles. But, I mean, you saw some stuff on both sides of the ball that this team can continue to clean up. And, I mean, we've seen it moving into practice this week. They're still very focused out there. You know, Johnny Wilson 
obviously didn't have a catch on Saturday night and had, you know, multiple drops during that game. And he's responded very well. Uh, these two days of practice that we were able to observe yesterday, especially, I mean, didn't drop a pass today. I think there was only one that went off his hands, but, you know, has been a lot more consistent moving into practice this week ahead of BC. Uh, the only thing that really caught me going back on a rewatch was how inconsistent they were offensively on third downs. You know, you can see they went four of 12 and a lot of times it just seemed a little herky jerky. Some of those were drops. Um, obviously it's nice that he went four or five on fourth downs, but there's no reason Florida State needs to go on four of 12 on third downs against Southern Miss. Um, luckily the, the defense did their part holding Southern Miss at three of 13. I believe they started either O of eight or O of nine on third downs. So at least they got that going for them, but definitely need to clean up third down offense going forward. Yeah, it just felt like, to me at least, they were just taking so many big shots instead of hitting that intermediate play that we saw against LSU where they were able to convert some of those third downs. I mean, you know, we saw Jordan Travis go time and time again deep down that field, and they just couldn't quite make those connections. There's too many, like, targets, too many weapons you can utilize, too. Not everything has to go deep. And you know what, too? I this has happened with Jay Trav last year, and it specifically happened this game again where you see Destin Hill – who's your your first option, his first read for J. Trav and Destin Hill was wide open. And I'll take a wide open Destin Hill and open space going against de- defensive backs any day of the week. But, you know, you see him end up going deep and, and taking a shot downfield and it doesn't end up working out. But you see Destin Hill wide open. That's something that I think going back and watching film, Coach Tokars and Mike Norvell are, you know, going to really express, you know, just take the easy shots here and there. Everything doesn't need to be deep. And, I, you know, of course, Jordan Travis would like to take those shots and show that he is a passer and he can get the deep ball, which we know he can. He, he does that pretty well now, and he's built a lot of chemistry with these guys. But, you know, when definitely when you've got Destin Hill, though, man, you, you got to utilize his skill talents when he's in open space. Yeah, don't be afraid to share the love. You know, it's, it's easy to put those blinders on, I'm sure, you know, for Johnny Wilson and Keon and – Jaheim Bell, but there are just so many weapons on this offense. And, you know, I think at times, you know, I wonder if it's hard to spread around all these targets of different guys, you know, just one football, you know, Jaheim Bell didn't even end up making a reception on a Saturday night. You know, Keon led the team with three for 48. I know it was limited action, but just spreading the ball around to all these guys, it it seems like can get a little tough at times. Yep, yep. And so it's going to be a little bit of now players got to be like, I'm not, not, this isn't selfish game and everything. Everybody's going to get their chances throughout the night. And it just depends on who's going to be building up more consistency and know where they need to be at the right time. And, you know, whoever clicks with J Trav the most is going to get those opportunities, but Mm -hmm. definitely some things there. I'm monitoring going into this game on Saturday is the health of a few guys, primarily like Akeem Dent monitoring, seeing if there's going to be any availability for him. Um, some guys too on the line as well. You know, we've heard a lot of good things about Darius Washington, you know, coach Atkins very high on him. He's like a Swiss army knife. He called him. So he's someone that you could plug in wherever you need. We didn't get to see Maurice Smith play. He wasn't dressed out for the Southern Miss game, but you know, that's something I'm just keeping a close eye on as we move forward, definitely into next weekend when Florida state's going to face a talented team like uh, Clemson. They've got a front seven, and, you know, you would like to have a guy like Maurice Smith there that's had the experience facing them numerous and numerous times, have him out there. But we'll see if he'll give – we'll see if he'll be a go. It seemed like, you know, he had that he had that boot on uh, Dustin down on the field. We'll see if that, you know, is going to be the same thing whenever they travel up to Boston. 
but, you know, my biggest concern is the week after that. And so, you know, that's just one thing. And, of course, Akeem Dent. Definitely something to watch for Florida State. Mike Norvell hasn't provided any specific injury updates uh, this week during practice. I mean, that's something that I'll obviously have an eye on during pregame, you know, to see if Akeem Dent is back in lineup after what we thought was potentially a hamstring injury on Saturday night. He actually had a wrap on his left knee. Uh, Robert Scott wasn't out there at all. And like you said, Marie Smith had the boot on and also keeping our eye on uh, Kentron as well. He wasn't able to dress out for the last game. So Florida State, I mean, they're relatively healthy moving through these first two games, but definitely a couple guys banged up. And, you know, we'll see if last week was just kind of a precaution and if those guys are able to go against the Eagles. One thing I did like seeing, though, from this game was Darion Williamson. And I think more consistency of him getting out on the field, getting some catches from Jay Trav is is massive for him because we've heard from Mike Norvell mm-hmm. numerous times through like fall camps, spring camps about how athletic Darion is. And we see it in practices, Dustin. You know, he's got that size, too, as well. Um, but he, he's definitely a special athlete. And Jay Trav last year in a few games, the select games that we got to see Darion, those two connected very well. But, you know, with Kentron being out, it's given Darion a chance to step up and get some more opportunities. Just all comes down to him being healthy. Mike Norvell actually talked about him earlier today and just said he's dealt with some freak uh, injuries throughout his career. You know, come off a torn ACL during his senior year of high school whenever he started at Florida State was able to rebound from that. And we saw in the first half last year, actually against Boston College, funny, funnily enough, he was having a very good first half, close to 100 yards receiving. And then Norvell said that he ended up suffering an ankle injury that kept him out until the cheese bowl. So, I mean, that's what set him back so far. But if he can stay healthy, I mean, you can, like you said, Logan, we've seen it in practice. There's a lot of potential there for Darion and it, it really just comes down to him staying in the lineup and continuing to get more and more consistent playing time. You, you got to love that size at 6'4", and he's athletic enough and fast enough to really make an impact on that outside. Yeah, that, that's the thing about this whole unit. There, there's so much size around them. But, yeah, you know, and, two, I know we're going to get the practice observations here in a minute, d but it was good hearing from Mike Norvell saying this week, Johnny Wilson having a really good practice. And, you know, that that's that's nice. I, I like hearing we're we're having good practices. You know, Johnny Wilson is always having good practices. It feels like there's some days where he just looks like an absolute first round freak of an athlete. But it's got to translate onto game fields, and we can we can tell that it's all mental. You know, and it's, it's in your hands type deal. It's more of where he's worried about his next move after having the ball. I feel like he's trying to maneuver and try to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, the biggest key is just coming down with the catch. That's really what Jordan really needs from him most, definitely when they're going deep in some of these ways. But, uh, you know, you could definitely tell, you know, Magnorvell and Ron Dugan's pushing hard and not allowing him to just go out there and keep trotting him out there if he's not going to come down with the ball. You could tell, yeah, dinged up maybe a little bit from this last game, but I think a message was sort of sort of sent there for, for Johnny Wilson. Things got to be fixed. We all know who Johnny Wilson is. I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in college football, and I definitely agree with that point you're making, that it's really just a mental thing. And, you know, once you drop a pass, you're starting to think about it like, all right, I can't drop the next one, and then bang, you do. That can just lead to more and more negative spirals from there. But, you know, we saw it from last year at times from Johnny Wilson, and then he was able to bounce back and have some really consistent performances 
for Florida State. And that's exactly, like I was saying earlier, what we saw in practice this week. And I think that is encouraging because the week leading up to LSU, even last week, there were some drops in practice. And he's really cleaned that up uh, the two days that we've been able to uh, be out there watching it. Johnny comes up big, usually in away games as well. So we'll see how much uh, he's utilized this upcoming weekend. Uh, let's jump into the AP poll, wrapping up the Southern Miss game. Florida State moves up one spot, up to number three in the country. Right now, as the standings sit, Texas making a gigantic jump, uh, moving up seven spots. But Georgia at number one. We've got Michigan at number two. Florida State number three. Texas number four. USC number five. Ohio State drops down one to number six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, Notre Dame nine, and then number 10 is Alabama after losing to Texas at home. Gentlemen, what are our thoughts on this? Florida State, as we had expected and talked about on the instant reaction from the game on Sunday morning, Florida State moving up one spot there and being now in the top three in college football. It's a fun top four. No other way to look at it. In Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas, those are some big brands. And especially Florida State and Texas haven't exactly been the best the last five, six years. So to see them in the top five again is a lot of fun, not just for people that cover the team or fans of the team, but really college football fans in general. I was trying to let you go first, Austin, but it's fun. really no surprise here. I thought maybe there was an outside chance Florida State could have gotten to number two. Michigan you know, hasn't looked great during their first two weeks against uh, – less than stellar opposition, but at the same time, you know, they're probably not getting penalized in the polls for not having Harbaugh out there. So sitting at number three right now, I think it's a good spot for Florida State. Obviously the highest that they've been ranked in season since uh, 2016. And, you know, they just got to keep building on it from here. Mike Norvell said on Monday, doesn't matter if someone has us highly ranked or if they don't, we still got to go take care of business. The votes are close too. I mean, that's not many, that's not many points behind Michigan. Um, another lack, lackluster performance from them and for a second easy move up to t- number two and and don't sleep on that texas wyoming game wyoming's already beaten one texas team this year to start the season they might make things interesting you never know <laughs> i mean now you gotta now you gotta watch all these games that's what makes college football fun again i did lose a little bit of love around it whenever florida state wasn't doing good and you know i didn't really give a damn who was ranked and watching the college football rankings later on in, in the year but now where florida state's at you got to watch every other team, you know, around their area. And so, yeah, you know, looking at Florida State, I, one thing that I was always keeping an eye on is the pressure. Could they withstand the pressure on them? And I think they've really done a good job of blocking that out. That starts out with Mike Norvell, Dustin, you bring it up. They, they've got to block it out, and that starts up there with your head coach. And there's a ton of pressure, ton of pressure on them right now, something that this team, this quarterback, this entire staff has never, never had, definitely in the program at Florida State. And so none of these players have. So it's showing a lot of maturity and it starts up top with Mike Norvell. And, you know, I think they've done a pretty good job. We'll we'll get a better answer of it whenever we get closer into this Clemson matchup. But Mm. week one, nonetheless, though, you're ranked as a top 10 team and you came in and did what you need to do and even more and showed the country that you're here to play. Um, But I want to see if this team can continue to do that. And for the most part, trying to stay as healthy as possible will be the biggest thing for where Florida State can continue to rise in these rankings. But moving to next week, you know, Florida State versus Boston College, but this next weekend, whenever they face uh, Clemson, you get a win there, 
you're 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 right there, I believe, right there, Georgia and Florida State. Um, and I don't know when Michigan's next big, big game is, but I think after that Clemson game, though, Florida State moves up to number two. If they, if they, of course, win the game, <laughs> that would probably help. That would probably help. They've taken care of business so far. You know, we're going to see what it looks like in uh, Chestnut Hill this weekend with the potential elements, how they impact that game. That that could make it a little bit ugly, depending on the wind and rain going on about that time. But like you said, that game against Clemson, obviously they dominated against LSU. But that game against Clemson is going to tell us a lot about where this Florida State team is and their mindset. Because like we've talked before, the ACC runs through Clemson until someone takes it out of their hands. Even though this is looking like a down year for the Tigers right now, this is still something that Florida State, a game that they have not won in nine years, a building they haven't won in in 10 years. And they've been so close. You know, the last two under Mike Norvell coming up just short in 21 and 22. You got to think they really, they really, really want this one. Like they wanted to beat LSU, but I think this one is even more important to those players. Despite Clemson, we didn't even mention it yet. They're not even ranked in the AP poll anymore. Yeah. And, and they really shouldn't be. I mean, after losing to Duke and. <laughs> And I know what the final score was against Charleston Southern, like 66 to 17 or whatever. That was a close game at halftime. You know, Clemson was really in a dogfight there for a little bit, and they finally blew things open in the third and fourth quarters. Um, it's it's almost to the point where I'm almost too worried that the team's going to be so focused on Clemson that they don't focus enough on, on Boston College. But I trust them to take care of business this weekend. They've looked focused on Boston College in practice. I will say that. Well, the white helmets are here, baby. That's why. The White Helmets have arrived. Seems like they're going to make their 2023 debut this upcoming weekend. So, you know, we got to stay dialed in there. But just looking at Michigan's schedule here, they're going to play Bowling Green on, uh, on this upcoming weekend. Then they're going to face Rutgers, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, who's not going to have a head coach. So, yeah, just going ahead a little bit here. Florida State does take care of business up there in Death Valley. You could definitely go ahead and expect Florida State to reach that top two right up there with Georgia. So Michigan doesn't play anybody until Penn State in yeah. middle of November. So Yep. It gives Florida State a good little notch there to move on up. And then, you know, they can <coughs> they can hold their will, you know, for the most part for Florida State's chances. They still got a game going to Pittsburgh, which can help their chances of keeping a, a nice uh, resume going into what could be a potential ACC championship for whoever wants to mm-hmm. take that spot. Cause right now that's a little up in the air on who might be, you know, your top two right now um, just with how Clemson's playing Duke. And then also now also with uh, North Carolina, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting ACC race, which is making this a lot more fun. There's still a couple quality games left on the schedule. You know, it's possible Clemson squeaks back in by the time they play against Florida State. It'd look a little bit better uh, on paper if they're able to say number three Florida State against number 25 Clemson instead of Hmm. unranked. And then, you know, we're seeing what Duke's doing. They're in the rankings right now. Miami jumped in after Texas A&M. We'll see if they're able to stick around by the time they come to Tallahassee late in the season. They do have a tough schedule leading up to then. But, I mean, there's potential for Florida State to add a couple more ranked wins to their schedule. Um, I got to say, you know, it's not the greatest slate in that back half, but it's a little bit tougher than probably what Michigan has dealt with this season. They will have to play Penn State or Ohio State this year, though. And who knows, maybe North Carolina ends up making the ACC championship, and that yep. just adds one more kind of quality win. It's kind of weird seeing three ACC teams here at the end of the AP top 25, and none of them are Clemson. Mm-hmm. 
now four, four, uh, four in total. Florida State, North Carolina at 20, Duke at 21, and Miami at 22. So, uh, yeah, definitely a different kind of year for sure. Uh, let's jump into some uh, some practice observations uh, and then also some NFL Knowles as well. But, um, you know, what, what have you been seeing, Dilo? You were just talking to us about it, but you feel like this team is – pretty focused and, and keyed in on some things, you know, what has maybe stood out to you the most that you've seen from them uh, this week? I would just say the energy, you know, Mike Norbell talked about it today. The last, I, it was Thursday for LSU and Wednesday last week, the last practice that we were able to view of that respective game week. But the Thursday practice against LSU was quote unquote, basically FSU's uh, Wednesday practice. So he was saying today, the last two Wednesdays haven't been very good for FSU, but today, I mean, it was the energy and it was a very back and forth practice between both sides. I don't think, you know, there's any worry that this team is overlooking Boston college and the potential challenges that they could present to the Seminoles along with uh, the weather in that area. And, you know, someone that's really stood out to me this week, I mentioned Johnny Wilson, but also Deuce Span has been very consistent the last couple of days. Seems like he's starting to build off, becoming more and more of a consistent face in that lineup during Florida State's first two games. And especially today, you really got to see him utilize that speed in the open space at times. And another guy, um, safety Kevin Knowles, feels like he's getting more and more comfortable at that new position. Uh, we talked about him last week on the show, had a couple of interceptions in practice and came back, had one yesterday, and then pulled down another one today. So, I mean, he's been consistently creating turnovers in practice, and we'll see if that's able to lead over into some game reps as well. That's good to hear about Deuce Span, someone who is athletic freak, but also has needed to work on his consistency and really route running as well. That's something that Mike Norvell has been working on him since day one arriving in Tallahassee, right? Dustin, he's one that we would see make those flashes in practice, but then I don't, I think he was pretty limited in games just because of the playbook and understanding where he needs to be mm-hmm. and, and his routes that he was running. But to add that into the mix, you've already seen Winston Wright get in there and getting his playing time, and he's starting to bust off the rust that he's endured. But to have Deuce Span also grab into that mix, it's almost ridiculous the amount of talent that Florida State can have at its stable in the wide receiver room for Jordan Travis. He's absolutely spoiled. He was just a really raw wide receiver when he came in since he had just made that switch from quarterback to the outside. And you know, Florida State, they had to do a lot of teaching. And there was points where when he's playing that position, you're just kind of relying on the athlete that he is to go out there and make the play rather than maybe necessarily running a crisp route or something like that. But, you know, that's a thing, honing in on those fundamentals. He's continuing to take steps. Seems like he's getting more comfortable out there in that spot. And, I mean, when he is able to go out there and make the play, you're like, man, do span is something. And I remember we talked about him at length last year during the preseason, thought he was someone that could eventually make an impact in that wide receiver room. You know, he was making plays and one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens during those practices. And it really just comes down to the consistency. If he's able to put those flashes and make that his regular, you know, practice or game day outings, uh, Deuce Span could be special. But it, it just all comes with consistency, and we'll see if he's able to do that with more time, you know, learning that position. Good to hear, though. Focus, 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 focus. No matter what, you know, Boston College is always going to be a physical game, but 
you know, not the not the greatest, not the greatest team, but Florida State has has got to stay focused. This is their red bandana game, one that highlights uh, their biggest game of the season. So, you know, there's going to be a big crowd there as well. And Florida State's going to have to get adjusted to that because that's going to be the first time really this season that they've had to face on the road uh, that kind of environment because Orlando, well, that doesn't even get close to counted to. I don't even know if it's like count as a neutral game. Florida State fans <laughs> showed up. I barely heard any LSU fans. So, um, yeah, Florida State's going to have to get adjusted to that. And, you know, the first road game of the season, Florida State, <laughs> for the most part, did well at that, I thought last year and you know there's gonna have to be some players that step up and you know we're gonna expect to see some youngsters too get some playing time uh before we actually go into some nfl Knowles coverage i wanted to bring up a question to you guys what are y'all's thoughts on the clemson noon game kickoff that was announced is you think it's good i've seen like vi- vi- like vice versa like 50 50 on some of these is it good for fsu or is it bad FSU would rather this be a noon game or would rather this be what is usually a primetime 730 kickoff as I kind of implied earlier noon games suck uh, I think this should have been at the earliest a 330 kick I get that they kind of want to spread out all the good games that weekend because there's, there's gonna be a ton of good games I know Notre Dame and Ohio State play um, that'll probably be at, at night but you know Clemson Florida State's been such a such a battle over the last decade and I know Clemson's kind of take taking it over but I feel like people kind of want to see Florida State take that mantle back. You think they'd give them at least a three thirty slate, but man, I hate noon games. Tough scheduling, but I mean, it's kind of Clemson's fault here for losing to Duke and then struggling last week and kind of getting themselves dropped out of the primetime slot. It's not really on Florida State. Um, it's tough to have back-to-back noon games this early in the season, especially when you're looking forward and. You know, you've got Virginia Tech and Syracuse and Northern Alabama and Florida still on the schedule. Those could all very well be noon games as well. So, I mean, we'll just see how it works out. But I guess if you're looking at it, if you're trying to find a positive side, if you're a Florida State fan, maybe the crowd won't be as energetic that that early. It's It's an overrated crowd anyways. Well, they do add in the band noise. We do know that they enhance their stadium with uh, the band. So that's just one little fact there about Death Valley. If you didn't know, marching chiefs do not do that in Doe Campbell Stadium. They do not enhance their noise. I don't think they need to, but Clemson does on their end. But yeah, if Florida State's able to make and put an answer quickly, then that crowd might be Dunzos, Dunzos. It's going to be an interesting conversation too. Just listen to a couple podcasts that cover college football as well. You know, just everybody giving a hard time to Dabo Sweeney and such. And, you know, does he lose just, the team? Is he so not going to go to the NIL? He doesn't want to do transfer portal. You know, doesn't want to do anything. He's just so damn stubborn. Like, that's <laughs> the only way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did, what did he say the other day when he was like, I've run my program one way and if, I've been running how people told me that I would have been gone a long time ago. Like, just mm-hmm. come on, man. <laughs> come on. But uh, also, I mean, with that noon kickoff, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Seminole Booster sent out the email. Clemson reduced Florida State's ticket allotment in the lower bowl from 1300 to 500 I think – and you know what's crazy? I think they did that in 2013, if I remember correctly, because I was at that game and I had to sit up at the very top. Like a majority of all Florida State fans were at the top and then you'd have a little select few, a couple hundred down there in the lower bowl. I was down. I was down there. You were down there? 
I had nice seats. Oh, did you? <laughs> Were you uh, live tweeting like I was? Thankfully not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, that was just a little thing that I remembered there. But yeah, I don't think uh, Clemson wants to have a lot of Florida State fans there. And then and it is it is not a cheap ticket right now. <laughs> Cheapest ticket on Ticketmaster just to get in the door is one forty. Mm, goodness gracious. Another thing that sucks about this is it sounds like the Marching Chiefs are not going to be in attendance for this game. Only going to be at LSU and in Gainesville. Ugh. So that kind of, yeah. I don't know, that seems like a terrible decision to me. Because, I mean, you shipped them to Orlando and you shipped them to Gainesville. Yeah, but that, that's, you know, that's a two and a half hour bus ride. That's what I'm saying. It's nothing. So you should be able to make it to Clemson. Figure it out. Make it a Clemson. I don't know whose choice that is. I don't know how that works. I don't know either, but I'm saying whoever made the decision, they made the wrong decision. I mean, find some more money from somewhere. Reach under a hat, look in a McDonald's bag, find it. <laughs> Reach in a McDonald's bag. Where's the battle's end to support the bands now? What are we doing here? <laughs> What's going on here? We're not supporting enough. We're not supporting enough. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, let's talk some NFL Knowles here, and then we'll get into our game preview and score predictions. I'm so glad the NFL is back. We're not going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. Moving forward from that, though, what a what a weekend for some of the Seminoles in the league. We're going to start off first with Jermaine Johnson, who put up some good stats this past weekend, recording five tackles, including four solos. Uh, he had two tackle for losses, a quarterback hurry, and he also had a sack slash TFL for two yards on Josh Allen, which I'm actually going to pull up here on the screen. But uh, a good, good, uh, powerful weekend uh, for Jermaine Johnson. Nice performance there on Monday Night Football, which was, if anybody watched it, was just a roller coaster a ride for everyone on both sides of the ball. That was... I was going to say, that front four for the Jets is pretty scary because Jermaine Johnson doesn't even really start. He kind of rotates in, but he's so good. He's he's much better this year and much more ready for the NFL than he was last year, I think. And he's, he's made an impact. This was a great play. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that celebration. You know, yeah. Pretty much slinging, swinging down a sledgehammer like he did at Florida State whenever he broke the rock. I don't know if you got a chance yeah. to see that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he did that a lot at, at, at North Carolina whenever he was playing. And uh, Verse does it now, too. He did it against LSU, even if the, the sack ended up being taken back. But maybe it just becomes a FSU edge rusher thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. But how about Josh Allen, that Madden curse kicking in real quick? He was looking like Jeff Sims out there. He looked like takes Duke, a fumble. <laughs> I mean, he, was, he was not good. Mm-hmm. Not good at all. Tried to tell my wife not to draft him in fantasy, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> she didn't listen to you? Nope. Uh, That's first. Is, is no, it? it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook also made his debut with the Jets. He recorded 33 yards rushing and I think a little bit over something and receiving, but not a crazy night from him. That's kind of going to be that way for a little bit. It's a, d- it's a deep running back room between Michael Carter and Brees Hall. And Brees Hall wasn't even fully healthy. Now he's getting healthier. Yeah. Pretty deep running back room. Mm-hmm. I wonder, but I do wonder how Dalvin Cook's feeling now, you know, signing to that squad, hoping to 
make a deep playoff push or even a Super Bowl and really showcase himself for that next contract. And then now, you know, you get four plays from Aaron Rodgers and who really knows what's going to happen for the Jets from here. I, I will say I sent out a tweet yesterday at New York Jets and I sent him a quarterback name. He only cost $4 million because the Saints wanted to cut his salary. Uh, that, that is Jameis Winston. And I don't know if anyone has noticed, but he removed the uh, Saints logo from his Twitter bio recently. Yeah, Think I he saw could be that. on the move. Yeah, I saw that. I, I tweeted about it too. I tweeted about it that night. I was like, hey, you know, why not? Line Dalvin Cook out. and Jameis Winston are, have a 13 and one starting record together. So I still don't trust Zach Wilson enough. I'm I don't sorry. think I understand. I don't think any of us do, really but believes it. You know, I just they spend the, the number wanna... two pick on him. Like they spend a number two pick on him, they're going to give him at least a couple games. Yeah, and if he's just as horrible as we all think he will be, then you know maybe three games later they'll make a trade. Yeah, they, I mean they got to do it this year. I mean they put so many pieces together over here you know they're trying to make a run just this honest. year just like tampa bay did with tom brady you know putting a lot of pieces together bringing guys over bringing vets over that had chemistry with uh aaron Rodgers. you know you're gonna need a quarterback that can at least get you down the field and you can have some uh belief in and we've saw a lot more cleaner play out of Jameis winston and we saw what he, what he was able to do in new orleans now he's backing up Derek carr but still you know, I think I think Jameis would be one of the top five quarterbacks available that, you know, the Jets might kick the tires and hear on out hear some stuff out on from. We can make uh we can make Kirk Cousins available if necessary. Duh. Yeah, how about that, man? We we were we were in a little bit of shock there to see the Bucks go up to Minnesota and get that win on the road in that type of environment with Baker Mayfield at the helm. That was something that we were not expecting. Yeah, that was not fun. Tampa Bay's offense was terrible. The Vikings are going to get thrashed tomorrow at Philadelphia. Oh, no. It's going to be ugly. That's not fair at all. That isn't fair. Uh, I don't. There there was a lot of butt whoopings. I mean, not the one that happened in Pittsburgh, but uh, Dallas Cowboys down against the Giants. I don't remember that game happening. I don't remember week one happening in Pittsburgh. What, What are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, there are some butt whoopings. Uh, what about, uh, also Cam Akers getting into his groove early on a little bit here. He got a touchdown run, uh, against the Seahawks. He had 22 rushes and 20, 29 yards or rushing him quite a bit. Uh, that's, and, and that Rams offense. That's yeah, not a good horrible. game. Yeah, horrible <laughs> yards for carry. Not, 22 not, not rushes a, for 20 million. At least, at least getting a touchdown. To, to be fair, that Rams offensive line is bad to put it lightly. Um, but yeah, that's that's not a very shining performance. He's not someone I would have highlighted on this no. segment of the show, it's, it's, but especially especially with Brian Burns sitting there. Yeah, I don't know how you forgot him and his two sacks, but I haven't gotten to it, asshole. Uh, Brian Burns, two sacks. Give it away. Give it away. How many tackles for loss did he have, though? Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. Just one. Not hearing, not hearing anything. Yeah. Good performance. Was, Good performance. Yeah. Good job. He, he was dominating that first quarter and a half, and then finally Atlanta made some adjustments. Hey, he didn't agree to that contract extension, and now he's playing for his money. And he's uh, if he does this every week, he'll be making a really good pace or a really good case to uh, get a nice contract. He's also doing a signing event up here in Charlotte in about a month if anyone wants to send stuff in. 
what we're all just going to send you like no that you like can, 40 items and have no, you, can send it, you can send it to the place he's doing the signing event brian please cool. put yeah. your address in the comments austin no let's not do that yeah i want to watch him sign it though to make sure it's not like a machine or something yeah go ahead yeah i need to see it well that doesn't really let me see this again get to it i'll need the replay show me what happened here he just bends around the edge. Yeah, and isn't that crazy? Out. His reach. He got such a long wingspan. Yeah. Spider burns. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's where spider burns comes from, right there. Literally. <laughs> his arms going like a yard and a half. Mm-hmm. And also, the number zero just looks. It really looks strange. Cool. I, I think yeah. it looks cool on a defensive line. <laughs> it's strange to me. I, I kind of liked him in fifty-three, honestly. Yeah, Jamie also had his first game as a NFL player, but didn't record any stats. But he was out there. He had kind of had an iffy training camp. I think it's taken him a little yep. while to get, you know, adjusted to the league or, or something's going on there. But well, to be to be fair, it took him a while to get get adjusted to FSU as well. It took you know half of that twenty twenty two season or twenty twenty one season for like okay, Jamie's actually becoming a player. And the thing for him is he's really got to master that defensive scheme because it's all about positioning for him, especially at this level where he's a little bit undersized and a little bit less athletic than a lot of the guys he's matched up against. And it's a really deep safety room between Jeremy Chin, Von Bell, and Xavier Woods. That's a lot of starting experience in that safety room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good for him to learn from. Uh, anything else from NFL? I'm trying to think. Josh Sweat bouncing around doing some things as well. Dustin Hopkins hit a couple kicks. Graham Cano, man. <laughs> Did you guys see Graham Cano? No, I purposely didn't. You so. purposely didn't? What do you have against Graham Cano? Nah, it's just – it's, it's more about the – He's like, he just caught a stray. It's more about the Giants. It's more about the Giants beating the Vikings last year. That uh, wound still hasn't quite healed. Um, ah, you're still holding on to that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So I had the Sunday night game on, and the Giants, they look pretty solid on the opening drive. They get down the field. They go for the field goal attempt, and it's Graham Gano who just signed literally on Saturday or either Friday or Saturday. He signed a three-year extension with the Giants, like over $15 million, third largest kicker contract in NFL history. And Graham really? Gano, yeah, Graham Gano has been really good in his career, you know, over a decade now in the league since going undrafted in 2009. But anyway, gets a field goal attempt. It's blocked. Oh, yeah. Cowboys return it for a touchdown. Then later on, he got another one that was, I want to say, inside 40. And, I mean, it was a really bad kick wide left that he basically shanked. So, I mean, that's tough right after getting that uh, contract extension. But hey, you, weren't kid- you weren't kidding about this contract. Three years, 16.5 million, 11.3 guaranteed. That's crazy for a kicker. Yeah. So, I mean, at least he got his money. Yeah. That was a tough night. That was a tough night for the Giants, man. Whew. That was rough, 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 rough. But arguably one of the worst games of all time. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a stretch to say. Yep, yep, definitely not that Steelers game either, not at all. Um, let's jump into uh, this game preview, game preview, and score predictions. Uh, how we how are we feeling about this one? Just right off the bat, gentlemen, uh, is anything kind of scare you at some points? You know, Boston College making some moves at the quarterback position. Um, you know, you know what what stands out first to you guys more than anything, really? 
only thing I'm really worried about going into this game is the potential of the weather and how that could impact uh, Florida State's offensive attack if they're forced to go more on the ground and putting the ball in the air if you've got, you know, 40 or 50 mile per hour gust out there. That's really the only thing that I'm concerned about. I think Boston College is a very capable team, but they're obviously coming off a tough season. Um, they're replacing a lot. New starting quarterback. Um, Zay Flowers has gone for that offense, so they're breaking in a lot of new wide receivers. Uh, they got two, two transfers on the left side of that offensive line that are still figuring things out. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of question marks for Boston College and you know, losing that game to Northern Illinois at home in overtime. And then the one last week against Holy Cross, I'm not sure if either of you guys were able to watch it. But, I mean, Holy Cross had all of the mo- momentum down the stretch of that game. And then – yeah, it was fourth down, two minutes left, and then bang, they went into a freaking weather delay for, I think, an hour and a half, two hours, and came back out and Holy Cross, ended up fumbling on their last drive, and Boston College got out there with the victory. But, I mean, they were within an inch of losing to an FCS team at home, and, you know, we'll see how it goes on Saturday. But, like I said, the weather is the biggest thing that I'm thinking about as of right now. It, it was already going to be a run-heavy approach from Boston College, you know, the They've run it 70 times these first two games where it's still they're only throwing it about 28 to 30. Um, with the weather, I expect those carries to to really get up there, maybe even double their pass attempt if they can stay ahead of the sticks. It's going to be a sloppy, messy kind of game if it stays a noon game. I saw the I think Rhode Island main game got moved up to Friday. See if the ACC maybe follows suit with this game. But I'm expecting a lot of running on the ground in this game between their quarterback, Castellanos, who already has 136 yards on the ground and a touchdown. I expect Jordan Travis to make some noise with his legs because if if a Holy Cross quarterback can do it, damn it, Jordan Travis can too. Um, (laughs) This this should be a pretty sloppy game, I have a feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at Jordan Travis. uh, Just a lot of things that can make his game a little bit easier, like we were talking about earlier, just some easy check downs, the first couple reads where some guys are open, dumping off to Chaheem or if Destin Hill's there, et cetera. Just some easy things to get the offense flowing. Not everything needs to be downfield. I feel like that was so stressed for some reason against Southern Miss. But in this game, you know, those short intermediate throws will be your key definitely with the weather impacting there and then sticking to the ground game, what Florida State can do there building up some consistency. I really like what we've seen from Rodney Hill. That that kid's going to be uh, a, a nightmare for some of these defenses moving forward in his career. But, you know, Trey Benson getting into his group, too, we saw against Southern Miss. This run game might finally get back and, and get that clicking going like we saw last year and be a good time to do it, get that rhythm going before you head up to Clemson this next weekend. Yeah, I think this is a week where, especially depending on the weather, I know I keep saying weather, but – this is the week where Florida State, I feel like, is really going to try and pound it on the ground against Boston College, especially with how their rush defense has looked pretty suspect so far against Northern Illinois and Holy Cross. You got to think Florida State and that tandem of running backs that they can just keep throwing out there uh, have to feel pretty confident about what they can do on the ground. Uh, we have talked about before, you know, we'll see if maybe Robert Scott and Reese Smith are able to get back out there in that starting lineup. But after rushing for over 300 yards last week with, uh, you know, having Darius Washington at center and some of the moves that are made on the offensive line. I think Florida State still has to feel really good that they can go up to Chestnut Hill and really pound this rock and run that clock and get out of there with a the victory. They ran for 180 yards last year on them. And if you ca- you can also count the kick return as well as doing some stuff on the ground. Average five yards a carry. 
I think that's very easily doable again this year. You would think more. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at some of their stats from the last game there. Uh, Holy the 10 Cross. penalties is blaring. Like, yeah. There's no reason a Power 5 team needs to have 10, 10 penalties against Holy Cross. Mm-mm. And yeah. it wasn't an outlier either because – they had 10 penalties in the uh, opener Illinois. as well against Northern Illinois. 202 oh. penalty yards for Boston College in the first two games. Oh, oh, by the way, Northern Illinois lost to Southern Illinois this past week, another FCS team. So it's just, mm. just peachy. Good barometer. What's the uh, – I need to check the over-under for this game. Remember, we looked at it from last half. Week. I think it was 54, 54 and a half. That's, I mean, even with the weather, incremental weather – I oh no, that seems that seems kind of right, honestly, with the weather. <laughs> they were that was totally wrong the last too. week. Give me my money last week. That was easy money. Cash that money yeah. in. That was easy money. We hit that over pretty. I mean, I got a little nerve wracking knowing like the first quarter when we weren't there was no scoring going on. I was like, All right, let's see something going on here. And then finally, but you know who who God who screwed me? No, it wasn't Texas Tech. Someone, someone, no. Well, it wasn't North Carolina. Someone still screwed me somewhere, but uh, yeah, I might I might still stick with the over. To be honest with you, and I think Florida State is on a war path of putting some points up on the scoreboard lately. So I'm gonna stick. I think I'm gonna stick with the over here. Um, anything any anything else here from from Boston College? It's really just figuring out what the concerns are, and there's not many. But yeah, the penalty one is worth noting there. I would just penalties in the last two games. I would just say I'm interested to see how Florida State game game plans for Thomas Castellanos because there's a lot of familiarity here between Florida State and Castellanos. Um, Seminoles actually recruited him out of high school. We're recruiting him as more of an athlete running back back in that 2021 class, and he ended up at UCF and then transferred to Boston College. Um, this past spring and now has worked himself into a starting quarterback at the college level. So we'll, we'll see how Florida state defends him. I know Mike Norvell talked about him. Adam Fuller talked about him a little bit and Fuller said that he made some throws against Holy cross that he didn't make against Northern Illinois. So maybe someone that's kind of improving as he gets into a group here for Boston college went 17 out of 20, 23 for 201 yards and two touchdowns last week. So I'm just interested, and in, especially with uh, the new playmakers that Boston College is going to be bake, uh, getting into the lineup here. I don't, I don't Are know. You saying was, baking, baking, baker. I not. Yeah, I broke, <laughs> I broke my brain for a second. But in the backfield, you know, Pat Garwo's been pretty dependable for Boston College over the last two years. He's kind of coming into this game questionable. Um, only had two carries against Holy Cross and had a boot on his foot. And then the wide receiver core, you know, like I said before, Zay Flowers is gone, but you do have Ryan O'Keefe, a UCF transfer in there, so someone that Castellanos probably has some familiarity with. And then also Lewis Bond and Jaden Williams are probably guys to watch for Boston College at wide receiver, but just not a ton of proven playmakers. And, you know, you got to feel comfortable with what Florida State has done against LSU and Southern Miss, that they're going to be able to limit anything Boston College throws out there. Well, let's get to some uh, score predictions here. A couple of comments in here saying that they hate noon games. I'm, I agree with you there, but I will say what ACC Network and what the ACC did to us overall this last weekend, starting the game at practically 845 and being there till leaving the stadium at 130, 145. 
not a not a big fan of that. I'll be honest with you, not a huge fan. But uh, I'll, I'll take this noon game, sit on my couch at home, and enjoy and just relax and bet on games that I probably should not bet on. Yeah. Don't laugh like that. Wait till Hard Rock's back here. Who knows when? I'll be just probably stuck here on my couch. I've been waiting years for that thing to come back for us. But, gentlemen, we got Florida State, Boston College, noon, nooner. We got a nooner. Um, you know, Florida State starting out the season 2-0, and ranked number three in the country. Dustin, you'll be in attendance for us. So, looking forward to your coverage up there. Um, I think I went first two weeks ago, so someone else is going to have to take it, and then we're back at it. I think I went first last week, right? Hey, I guess I guess I'm up then. I think yeah. you're up to bat. You're up to bat. Don't strike out. It's only fitting since I'll be traveling up to Chestnut Hill for this game. Uh, <laughs> heading over there starting tomorrow morning, and you know we'll see what happens with this weather. Obviously, going to continue to monitor that, but I think we said earlier in the show, as of now, Florida State and Boston College are – preparing to play this as planned Saturday at noon. We'll see if that changes depending on the trajectory of the storm. But, you know, right now, just looking at the forecast for Boston on Saturday, they project about 70% chance of rain and wind 32 to 35 miles per hour. So, I mean, mild, mild impact on that game. We'll see if it gets any worse from there. It's your I think baby. I'm going to go so far. I know you're going with the over. I'm going to go a little bit lower score in here for this one just because of the weather. And I think Florida State, they're going to want to get in and get out of this one. And, I mean, really just pound that rock this week against the Eagles who have struggled against the run and are going to continue to struggle against the run on Saturday. I'm going to go Florida State 41, Boston College 7. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, we won't be holding hands this week, Dustin, like we did last week. Kind of. I mean, not going to say that. We've held hands uh, multiple weeks. Yeah, we have, both physically and... I don't know about physically. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was also going to say, too, you know, I don't want to bring it up or anything, but uh, on the beat, closest score prediction last week from yours truly here. I had to, Someone had to represent here the spear there on Noel Jeffs, who does the poll, or not all the poll stuff, but he also is tracking, I guess, everyone's score predictions that's on the beat, so... Gentlemen, we got to get our we got to get our shit right. We got to get our shit right. We got, we got to make sure that we go one, two, and three there. At least we had the thirteen right. We all had the thirteen yep. right. We 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 had that down pat. We know our opponents well. It seems like we do know our opponents. Um, I'll go if you want me to. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go next. Uh, I got I, I'm not gonna spend too much time here. I, I that's good. Respect Boston College. Uh. Holy Cross scoring 28 there is is, uh, is very interesting to me. That's where I'm going to go Florida State 51 and Boston College 13, though. I'm going to stick with that 13 spot. I feel like it's right there. I feel like it feel nice and secure there. Don't have to go up too really high and not too crazy, crazy low. I think 13 is just good enough. Good enough for Boston College a little bit there. But I think Florida State's going to establish a run early. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more of Jaheim Bell and Kyle Morlock. Um, and you're going to see an interception, and it's going to be another interception from Greedy Vance. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going I'm going to ride it at that over-under. I think it's I think it's a pretty pretty solid number. Expect a lot of running running game, 
set, I'm expecting at least 300 rushing yards as a team from Florida State. And I got the Noles winning 45 to 10. Mm, okay. So I did seven, you did 10, and Logan did 13. Yeah. Yep. So we're in that range there. We're, we're not expecting much of Boston College. We're like reaching point. out for each other's hands, but like not quite there. Just like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, like, allowing... we're like, we're waving at each other from a distance. Yeah. If you're allowing Holy Cross to score 28 on you, for weather, to me, and I understand weather, that's cool and all, but we should we should mention it's a red bandana game for Boston College. I think you said it earlier, but yeah. that's gonna that's gonna matter a little bit at least early on. You know, maybe the crowd's a little bit into it. The team's gonna be a little bit into it. So you know, I'll spot Boston College their ten points, and that might be it. <laughs> I'll be nice honest, you. so generous. I'm interested to see the red bandana game, but I don't think it's gonna affect the atmosphere very much. Their jerseys were pretty cool. I did like what they did with the uniforms. Yeah, I like- I was yeah. in the stands in Boston College in 2021, and the loudest thing I heard in that stadium was the the like car sounds they play on third down. Sounds like you're at a NASCAR race for a second. <laughs> and honestly, Holy Cross had more fans there last week. I don't know if people were seeing all the videos of all the Holy Cross fans staying there during the rain delays. It was it's awesome. pretty funny. It's pretty mm. funny. <sighs> yeah. So I think a lot of Florida State fans, they do make it up there to Boston. It's a great trip to go up there anyways and, and take the train over <coughs> to the stadium so it's always a fun trip in there a few times with my parents as well so safe travels to Delu up there taking care of business for us you'll have full coverage at nolgamey.com across social along with our website nolgamey.com or also to make sure in our discord got a lot of uh users joining there you can join in the youtube description down below any games that you're looking forward to this upcoming weekend it is pretty dead overall as college football heads into week three guys i mean i know it's, y'all are all getting ready for colorado week. colorado state right i know y'all are it, it's a bad week when tennessee florida's the the college game day game of the week and it's the game that harvey's calling like that's that's a bad week what do y'all think that how that game's gonna go for tennessee florida? by 25 duh yeah i i think miami's at a better like if i'm evaluating those two right now i think miami's uh, above them, uh, and oh, for sure. going into year, year two for those head coaches, uh, like they look a little, little bit more established, better disciplined team. I think Florida is going to be in some trouble there. Yes, really, we have some weird games. I'm really excited for the Miami Bethune game. I think it's going to be a real back and forth affair. I mean, other than that, I would say Georgia South Carolina. I'm a little interested in. I don't think the Gamecocks are going to end up pulling that one off on the road. But also, what about Alabama playing I was at just about to say that. USF this week? Yeah, for some reason, they scheduled a home-and-home. And, home. and I'd, I'd, I was talking with my buddy who's an Alabama fan, and it just st- it still doesn't make sense. But, you know, they're, Alabama's going to go down to Tampa, whoop some USF ass, and do a lot of recruiting while they're down there, show off for all the Florida recruits. Yeah, I guess it's cool. Maybe they get to go play in an NFL stadium. That's the only reason yeah. I could think of that they – take this game at South Florida. And then I also saw that Alabama, uh, they had like a, they had a meal to a team meal today and they were eating Gator. Yeah. Nice. I don't it's USF bowls. Shouldn't they have some steak? Eat some bowls, some bull balls. I don't know. Something. I mean, I feel Rocky, like that. Rocky they, mountain oysters. Something yummy, tasty. But when was that signed? I wonder when this was signed. Like three weeks ago. Signed to play each other? I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, damn, holy crap. Alabama's really falling apart there, Nick Saban. 
yeah, so pretty pretty weak college football. It was announced schedule. four years ago. It is rough. It's, it's actually it's actually two home. So they'll play in Alabama twice and then once in Tampa, mm-hmm. but still. Uh, Stan here from our Discord is asking, "How did we get on the subject of eating balls?" Logan just went there. That is all him. That's what Alabama did against Texas last week. We just Bulls figured we mention it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they ate steaks last week before the Longhorns game, and they're like, "Ah, we can't do that again. It's bad luck." Mm-hmm. But where did they get a freaking whole gator from? Why does it matter? They just pull it out from like backyard <laughs> or something. I mean, where did that thing come from? There's, there's enough of them around there. Can you buy that at Walmart? Like a whole gator carcass yep. of yeah, there's allig- maybe in Alabama. There's alligator farms. Do you go to alligator farms? Easy. Uh, no, I've not been to one. Unless you count Adventure Landing as an alligator farm. Okay, good. It's been to Gatorland, but it burned down. <laughs> okay. Tough. Like Billy Napier's. Future. Maybe that's where they got it from. They were already cooked. Maybe so. Um, I will say it's been tough scenes. It's, it's tough, tough scenes seeing you know Travis Hunter ball out. I mean, we knew that kid was extremely talented, but what he's doing with Colorado. Um, you know, Shador Sanders too, you know, those two are building a really good connection there and, you know, they still got a strong schedule ahead of them, but they go against one of their end state rivals against Colorado state at 10 PM. But, you know, Travis Hunter, it's a special, special athlete. And, you know, you just picture what could have been like in Tallahassee in this offense, you know, that's just crazy what you could Imagine there. I know every FSU fan, whenever a highlight happens or you see him make those plays, you're like, God damn. You know, I'm just like, not so happy. Dustin is ticked off. Ticked Dustin off? Pissed off. He does not, no comment on Travis Hunter. He does not. I mean, good, good for him. I've watched the games. Good for him. Um, going to Tom's comment about KJ Bolden visiting Georgia. Yeah, he actually informed me he will be taking an unofficial visit to check out um, the Bulldogs' take on the Gamecocks this weekend. But, I mean, at this time, it's not something that I'm really worried about. Obviously, he's one of the top recruits in the country. And, I mean, it makes sense going into your senior year to go and take advantage of these opportunities while you still can. He's committed to Florida State. He's been recruiting for Florida State. And, you know, you got to continue to – win this one until signing day, even though he is pledged to the Seminoles. That's good. Yeah, get your visits in. Enjoy it. Take care of people pampering and everything. But He'll be in Tallahassee soon as well, so not much to worry about. No. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, definitely appreciate it. If you hit the like button down below, it helps reach more FSU fans to get them here and commenting and everything. So appreciate everybody uh, listening in, hanging out with us. We'll be back here for our instant reaction Saturday afternoon. That sounds good to say. Saturday afternoon, given our thoughts on Florida State's game against Boston College. And then next Wednesday, we'll have our guest on. 
our expert that covers the Clemson Tigers on the SI network to give us a rundown on what Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers will be bringing in week four when Florida State heads up there for another noon kickoff. All three of us will be there in attendance for that. So looking forward to being up there in South Carolina in some good and nice cooler weather than what I'm dealing with here down in mid-South Florida. So Appreciate, appreciate everybody. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all's week. Enjoy football this upcoming weekend. And we'll talk to you guys on Saturday afternoon after the game. Peace.